I asked the head of creative at the studio, how would he define Avatar? And he said to me, it's Titanic in space. (laughs) So at that moment, I was like, okay, I really have to think about the narrative. How am I going to frame this up in a way that illustrates what a unique movie and Titanic in space was not going to be it? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to the next career breakthrough. We've got an amazing show today because I have Rita Drucker, an old friend who is now the head of marketing partnerships at Boom Supersonic. But before we talk to Rita, I want to talk a little bit about your brand and and storytelling, because ultimately your brand is about communicating your story. And you've got to break that down. You've got to dissect it and make it easy for your career audience to not only know who you are, but more importantly, see the value and how you can fit in to their picture. So I always love for us to think about that brand foundation. At its core, you have to be able to identify what is your core belief? What is that core belief that drives everything you do in life, whether that is for fun or for family or for work? How do you come up with that core belief? And then how do you identify what it is that you do? and what value you bring. When you can think of those core pieces and break it down in a granular level, you can come up with that story that helps you talk about yourself, whether it's in person or on social media. So you probably always hear me talk about that I'm on a mission to help drive employee engagement by helping folks like yourselves find your true brand voice and be able to bring your best authentic self to work every single day. I can tell that as a story and suddenly people find out and can hear what it is that I believe and more importantly, what value I can bring to them. Now, you're probably thinking, well, Jason, that doesn't say everything you do. No, it doesn't. But what it does is it invites the audience to ask more questions because they become intrigued and they want to know. And then I can talk about being a diversity advocate and a personal brand expert and the host of a podcast and a keynote speaker. But people only care about those things once you hook them in with your initial story. 
Well, I am super excited about our guest today because she's an ultimate storyteller. Her name is Rita Drucker, and she is the head of marketing partnerships at Boom Supersonic. Now, she is a former movie studio executive with over two decades of entertainment marketing experience. And the cool thing, and one of the reasons why I love her, is that she often uses movie references as she makes complex ideas sound simple. Now, she has worked on films like Avatar, X-Men, and Ice Age, and she even founded Yahoo Storytellers Content Studio and led brand integration over at Snapchat. We'll be back in just a few moments with Rita Drucker. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am super excited about today's guest. It is Rita Drucker, who is the head of marketing partnerships for Boom Supersonic. Rita, what is going on? Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here with you first and foremost, because it's been so long since I've seen you, but I'm also so excited to join you and talk about this amazing, very important subject that I wish I had when I was growing up in my career. Yes. So we're here to talk all about brand and I'm so thrilled to see you. Let's dive right in. So Rita, how do you explain to people who you are and what you do? When when you're networking around, when you're first meeting people, how do you explain who you are and what you do? That's such a great question because I think, you know, historically, because I've come from the entertainment industry, so much of the studio that you were with sort of defined who you were and what you did. And then when I left the entertainment space, it, it just, it, that completely altered sort of how I show up in, in networking events. And so I think I let it's, it's less about my explaining or talking about what I do and more about how I show up with my personality and energy about what I do. So, you know, I'll say marketing partnerships, but chances are most people don't really know what that means. I essentially try to convey ways in which I would be able to bring brands together or identify strategic opportunities for businesses to collaborate on and that will ultimately have a significant impact on the respective businesses. But, you know, if you ask me to explain it, my parents still have no clue what I do for a living. It's like <laughs> so foreign. <laughs> See, if anyone can explain to their parents what they do for a living, like I'm giving them like the million dollar prize because that, that seems to be everyone's challenge, right? I know, right? Like do your parents really, like, did they understand what you do? No, of course not. And my mom's an educator and I do education, <laughs> right? Adult corporate education. But but yeah, exactly. It's like my mom's always like, what do you do again? But right. you know how it is. But you are doing some really cool stuff because you are now at Boom Supersonic, which I'm a huge fan of because I'm a jet setter. And so when I saw Scott Kirby, right, the CEO of, of United, sent out this whole announcement, and then I saw that you were with them, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've got to talk to Rita. So for those who aren't familiar with Boom Supersonic, tell us what it is and and what you're doing for them. 
Yeah, I'm so it's so exciting to be at a company that is really disrupting an industry that has not been disrupted technically in like a hundred years, if you think about aviation. And so Boom Supersonic is creating um, a sustainable supersonic commercial airliner. We will be flying commercially for the first time in 2029, which you know, seems like a long ways away, but in fact, in the in the universe of what how long it takes to build a plane, it's actually not so far yeah, away at all. It's like a snap. Yeah, literally. And so I run marketing partnerships for them, but the way we define partnerships is not just um, aligning brands with the Boom uh, brand and mission, but also uh, content partnerships and talent or influencer and relationship partnerships. So my my sort of purview is a little bit bigger than it has been traditionally in my past roles, but I have, I have functioned in each of these sort of areas and Boom has allowed me to bring sort of content brand and talent all together in one, under one capability which I'm excited about. Yeah, it's it's so super exciting. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is you have this sort of amazing career as a marketer and a partnerships expert, you know, really across entertainment and then tech and now here in this aviation space. When you look back, Rita, what have been some of the biggest career breakthrough moments for you? Oh my God. So I it's interesting because as I think about it, Practically speaking, it was the shift from traditional media into tech, which really gave me such an education in data, in working with product and engineering. These are all capabilities and capacities that don't exist in traditional media. When you think about sort of the studio world, film, television, so forth, it's just, it's, it's, it really leans into creative. It doesn't really lean into those sort of functional areas. And so I, when I went to Yahoo, which was uh, my first tech job uh, outside of traditional entertainment, I consider it as I got my PhD in tech there. I really understood the power <laughs> of data. I understood the power of product being king, not content. In tech, it's not content, it's product. And, um, and the importance of cross-functional relationships, because you can't get anything done in tech without collaborating and getting product on board. So it, it was just a complete mind shift. And that experience at Yahoo has really set me up, I think, um, for not just my role then at Snap, but oddly enough, my role at Boom, because it is data-led, it is product-led, it is, uh, even though it's aerospace and not media, there's a lot of uh, similarities that really uh, uh, give me an opportunity to have less of a, not to be punny, runway when you go into an industry <laughs> that you've never been in before. Yeah. And and so talk to me a little bit about that, because I know people are super challenged right now, transitioning from sort of that traditional linear media career that they've had, and now realizing that like now every company is a tech company, right? Like everything is about products. What were some of those lessons that you learned that you you wish someone had taught you on day one to transition into the tech space? 
Yeah. So I was very, I, I was very fortunate. You know, I'm a very big proponent of mentorship. I, I, I actually do a lot of reverse mentorship now where I find, you know, uh, um, the younger people or more junior people who will mentor me in areas that I have no clue about. And it makes me much more marketable. And so in that regard, I had um, uh, a boss uh, who uh, twice over, she was my boss at, at Fox and at Yahoo. She has an interesting philosophy that I have since applied to my career. And her perspective is that your career is basically a suitcase. So if you think about when you go, travel somewhere and, you know, uh, for business and you have a carry on, you're very particular about what you actually curate into that suitcase. Right. Yeah. And so her, her philosophy, which, as I said, I've adopted is think about each job in terms of the skills that you're going to, that you're going to learn the new things that you'll be able to gain experiences that you can then uh, leverage and make you more marketable for the next role. And so when, um, when I, uh, when I was at Fox, so much of my uh, experience was rooted in content and, and traditional media, but I got the benefit of learning about all these brands because I was partnering with all of these brands. I had to understand their business in order to be able to uh, uh, give them an opportunity to solve their business challenges with whatever movie I was talking to them about. And so I had to understand automotive. I had to understand tech and, you know, CPG. And so, you know, I ask me if I'm an a, a expert in, you know, fast food, I don't eat it, but I sure know a lot about it. And so, you know, that kind of experience was so valuable that when I got hired at Yahoo to launch their marketing partnerships um, capability, it was it it was seamless a seamless transition in even though it was a different sector a different industry and while at yahoo i was then given the opportunity to build out influencer marketing and then i took on branded content and then i launched a content marketing solutions team and so like at every every step of my journey I have tried to learn a different aspect of my of my core skill set and keep adding on to that. So by the time I had launched Yahoo Storytellers at which was the content marketing studio at Yahoo, when Snapchat came calling, I was like a unicorn to them yeah. because I had entertainment content experience. I worked at a platform and I knew how to work with ad sales. And product. And so, and that sort of uh, combination of, of experience uh, was, it was something that they ha had a really hard time sort of finding. And that made me really marketable, obviously, to them. And then when I went there, all of a sudden, I'm learning about how to launch ad product and how to more eff effectively monetize content on a platform that with publishers. So these are all sort of pieces that have really contributed largely to growing my career from each step. And that's how I looked at this opportunity with, with Boone Supersonic. Like I joke that I'm 
I'm I'm a rocket scientist adjacent. <laughs> exactly. Adjacent. adjacent. I love that. Yeah. But because like who would have thought someone from media going into, you know, and content going into aerospace? Like, what is that? That's not a, a, a natural progression in someone's career. But the experience that I gained over my professional career with influencer marketing, content marketing, uh, understanding and how to market, uh, leveraging social media platforms like my experience at Snapchat, it has all sort of prepared me to be really successful and effective in this role. Also an inaugural role, no one's ever done it. I'm building it from scratch. And so it just, and, and that gives me so much opportunity because of all this experience that I've had in all these different areas. Yeah. So it's like all of these experiences helped you pack that beautiful piece of luggage for Boom. Yeah, my right? Toomey. My Toomey yeah, exactly. has been packed and ready to go. <laughs> of course, you're a brand gal, right? So you know. I, Hello. I love that. Now, now, of course, we met as freshmen back at USC, right? Um, so and young, I know, so naive. Uh, so young, so, so crazy and wild in that floor tower dorm, right? Oh. Um, but Rita, tell me, what did you want to do when you were a little girl? Like, is this what you dreamed you would be doing? It's so funny because I had no clue. So, I mean, so as, as you know, I'm an immigrant and from, from the Ukraine and like marketing is not something that existed in the former Soviet Union. Propaganda, (laughs) yes. Marketing, no. And so I didn't really know that, that this career path existed. So when I chose my major, I, I chose journalism because it was to me the best way for me to under, to sort of express uh, what I thought was marketing at the time, but didn't have a word for it, right? Um, and to me, it was just it was storytelling. Yeah. And um, and so that's always sort of how I looked at it, and that's how I continue to look at you know what I do now. I literally fell into partnerships. I my first job out of college. Now I'm dating myself. My first job <laughs> out of college was at LA Gear. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So for, for those listeners who who have any point of reference for the lighted shoes, um, I worked at LA Gear, and I like to say before the lights literally went out. So it was, the company was uh, uh, not in its heyday. Let's put it that way. And I did a partnership with. Oh my god! Now I'm really dating myself again. The Power Rangers. Yes, of course. Okay, well they're still around, so so uh, thank God, and and so I had executed on this this partnership as like a 22 year old, and I met my future boss and mentor and best friend uh, George Leone, who was doing partnerships at Saban Entertainment, the you know the, at the time the fo- home of the Fox Kids Network, and he said to me, and I'll never forget this. It's one of those moments where you just you, 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 you don't realize what you have until someone points it out to you. He mm. said to me, you know, I want to hire you to come over and do, and do uh, partnerships at Saban. And I said, well, I don't really know what you do. And he's like, don't worry. I can teach you what I can't teach is, is the, is the natural charisma, the energy, the enthusiasm, the passion. I can't teach that. I can teach you the technical deal points and deal making aspect of it. And so I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he really, in fact, you know, 
he he was he was my my sensei, if you will, yeah. and he shepherded me and got and 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 really taught me so much about the space. And I think again, like as a as a, a sort of a newbie, you don't know what you don't know, so you really lean on sort of the, these, these mentors, these incredible people that come into your life that see so much of your potential that you just have no context for. And, and I am so grateful because for, because of that, I've been able to build this career that I'm really proud of. And, and never in a million years as freshman and floor tower at <laughs> USC, would I have said that this would have been what my future had in store. Yeah. And what would you say, what was the biggest thing that you learned from George in that sort of pivotal time in your early career? Oh, gosh. Well, I learned so much from him. I would say, um, you know, relationships are everything. And you treat everyone the same. And, you know, there's an interesting attitude at the movie studio world, which I I think is, is something that I do not subscribe to which because it's such an egocentric industry, uh, people tend to not treat folks with the same, the mutual, mutual respect that they, that they should regardless of level. And what he taught me was, and this is such a no brainer, but it, it was so true that, you know, be careful who, who, how you treat people on the way up because you never know who you'll see on the way down. And the reality is, is that so many of the people that I started out with who were, you know, junior and starting to come up are executives now. And it, it's just like this, this idea that somehow you have a, a, some level of greater importance than somebody else because of your title is foreign to me and something that I, I never really uh, subscribe to. And that is a true credit to to George because I think he was he is so beloved and such a leader in his industry because he he is available to everybody and treats everybody with the same level of respect as a CMO or a CEO as an assistant. Yeah, yeah, and it's always that person getting you coffee today is like the decision maker be your boss in eighteen tomorrow. months, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, Rita, you talked a little bit about being an immigrant from Ukraine. What were some of those those early experiences in your life that really shaped who you are as a leader? I ask a lot of questions. I'm very inquisitive, and part of that is because, obviously, having to learn a new language, a new culture. And granted, I was six years old when I came here, but nonetheless, there is still a level of culture shock. And so I have always... Uh, I, I, I've never pretended to know everything. I've never pretended to to have all the answers, and so I'm very happy to be, you know, the dumbest person in the room and raise my hand. I was like that in school. I'll, I'll always be like that <laughs> because that's how you get knowledge. And so I think I know I appreciate it when I see leaders being really a sort of vulnerable and 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 expressing. Uh, they're, 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 you know, that something that they're not sure about asking a question about, uh, uh, that, that is not about like questioning you, but more about like, well, explain this space to me, like educate me. And I so appreciate that because not everybody knows everything. And so I do that as well. And I think that it makes you not just smarter, 
but it also makes you more accessible to people because it doesn't, you're not coming across as someone who is, is infallible. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your brand as a leader and an executive. Give me three words that describe Rita as a leader and an executive. Wow, three words only? Damn, Jason. Um, <laughs> you can give more. <laughs> okay. All right. No, 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 this is good. I need guardrails. I need guardrails. Um, okay. So I I really um I think I'm scrappy. And part of that Ooh. is because is is because I I don't know. I, I try to respect boundaries and people's roles and responsibilities to the extent that they have their own priorities. And if, and if I can do it and if I can do by learning uh, or, or learn by doing, I should say, if I can learn by doing uh, it, it, it's, even though it might take me more time, I feel like I'm gaining something unique and a whole other expertise. Like I taught myself how to use iMovie because I just needed to cut something together that would have taken me weeks to have a vendor do get the vendor approvals, get yeah. all of that. Like I just, so I just did it. And, and I feel like a lot of people tend to, especially as they come up, uh, tend to think that there are certain things that might be beneath them. Yeah. Uh, but I really pride myself on being scrappy and I look for that in others, not just other leaders, but other, uh, but colleagues. And I look for that when I'm hiring. I think authentic is another word that I would use to describe myself. And frankly, that's not, that's not a word that I would have said, you know, perhaps maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. I think that authenticity for me has come with, with maturity and age in terms of my, in my career. I think my threshold uh, for putting on a, you know, a facade and a sort of a uh, false exterior um, has gotten lower and lower. And so I now have no patience for that. And so <laughs> I like to show up as myself and, and if you take it or leave it, you know, I just don't have time for the, for, for the part of my French, the BS. Yeah. And so I, I, I appreciate people who are authentic. I appreciate, uh, and I think people, I think I, I, it could sometimes be sort of disarming how uh, when you are so authentic because people are like, is that real? Are, are you for real? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it just makes you, it makes you more vulnerable. And, and, and I don't think vulnerability is a bad thing in, in business. I think it opens you up to learning and to getting better. Uh, you know, I think people like to, to sort of create the, these, these hard exteriors, um, especially w women in the workforce, uh, you know, who, who we have, you know, unique challenges in the workforce. And so, but I, I actually think that I prefer to show up as my authentic self whenever possible. And I prefer to be vulnerable because I do think that that creates more conversation and ability to, for people to open up and do better work personally. Yeah. Yeah. And so Rita, you said, you know, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been your response, right? So, so what changed, what changed in terms of your career and even your own journey and comfort level with, with yourself that got you to the point that's like, here's who I am, warts and all, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so part of it was leaving uh, the entertainment space, which, you know, forced you to it's it's such a toxic culture that it forces you to be a version of yourself that is 
is is is inauthentic in that you know the entertainment industry does not celebrate authenticity and it doesn't celebrate your ability to speak out and speak up and you know that might be more the case now it, it's a different it, it's a different culture but i i do uh, fundamentally there is a uh, it, it does not celebrate individuality and, and and opinions in the way that perhaps would be uh, you you would like. And so I think when I left the entertainment industry and I went into tech and my opinion mattered and I sort of that I was, I, I came out of this like abusive relationship, you know, and all of a sudden like, oh my God, you like me? You really like me? Uh, you value what I have to say? I think that can, that created a level of confidence in me that I think was lost uh, in, in, uh, in, in the, when I was on the studio side. And so I think the confidence has continued to grow as I've honed my craft and have felt more secure in my value and my ability to actually deliver value to an organization, to my colleagues, to my, my, my manager that it has, has allowed me to, to say, okay, you know, this is me, this is, how I'm going to show up and take it or leave it. And if you leave it, I got, I, I'm marketable. I got, I got other jobs I can go take. <laughs> See ya. Exactly. You got, I, I've got my good to me uh, suitcase ready yes. to go. Right. So really you, you have scrappy, you have authentic. What's a third word that would describe your brand as a leader and executive? Um, I, 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 I don't you know, it's so hard as a marketer, you, you want to like, you want to be able to define your own brand. And it's sort of like, you know, it's like you can, when you, when you're a salesperson, you can sell anything, but selling yourself is like yeah, really hard. Ex exactly. So, so this is a very introspective sort of exercise, but I would say, you know, I have a, I have a level of enthusiasm and passion that I hope translates into what I, I think that it can be infectious because I, I approach projects and opportunities with with sort of this blank slate, like I can do anything kind of attitude. Yeah. And and it's inspiring. It's like, to me, I'm inspired because of the possibilities. Like I can create anything. The world is my oyster on this project, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I think, I think my, my, enthusiasm, my excitement, my passion, my energy overall is, uh, and I know those are four words or five, um, but I think those are a very big, that is a very big part of my brand because I try to, um, I try to, to, to inject a level of, of excitement into things that might seem mundane. Like I love a good PowerPoint. Oh my God. I love a good PowerPoint. <laughs> And give me a spreadsheet. Oh, give me an Excel spreadsheet. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> and, 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 and we're hearing the infectious uh, enthusiasm and passion that you are, that you are talking about. And now I know you're saying it's, it's, it's difficult to be so introspective, right? Cause we use these branding tools for all of these other products and, and, and content pieces. And it's a little harder to, to put it on ourselves. Tell me about a time in your career where maybe you felt like you were off brand or maybe you got feedback that really caused you to like do something differently because you realized your brand wasn't coming across the way that you wanted or strategically needed it to be that oh wow um 
So that's a really thoughtful question. And I think that that to me goes back to being authentic and true to yourself. And when I was on the studio side, you know, I was put into a situation by an executive to be untruthful to a, not a marketing partner, but a, a film, a filmmaker. And I found myself so at odds with even how I approached the situation and it was so uncomfortable. And I, and I recall that moment thinking, you know, I never want to be put in a situation where I have to be asked or told to, or even suggest that I need to lie is such a big word, but, you know, misrepresent, I'll say it pained me. I did it. And then afterwards I felt gross. And I just, I felt like this is not who I am as a person. This is not who I am as a professional. And this is not how I want people when people think about me and doing business with me. That's not, that's the last thing I want people to feel. I want people to feel that I have their best interests at heart when they, when they do business with me, that I am a true partner in, in, in the efforts that we've collectively, you know, embarked upon. And so to me, that was, that was such a moment of, of truth and clarity. And it really sort of over time contributed to my you know, disenchantment with entertainment and why ultimately I left. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, you have worked on some amazing brands, right? Like, like even when we're talking about the entertainment space, I mean, you were on Avatar and X-Men and Ice Age and you founded the Yahoo Storytellers, right? And now you're working on this huge brand like Boom Supersonic. What are some things that you see as a marketer that we do for these brands that we could actually be using to amplify our own brand? What are some of those branding techniques that we use externally that we could turn on ourselves? It's fundamentally, it's storytelling. Yeah. Like at at its core, everything that I have done my entire career, everything that anybody does has some form of storytelling. And it's a matter of identifying what are sort of the, 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 the core uh, messages, the core pieces of the narrative that you need to get across and, uh, you know, and move to use movie speak, a log line, uh, to use more non-industry terms, it would be an elevator pitch. Like what is the thing that you want, you want people to know about you and how are you going to tell them in a very succinct manner? And, you know, I try to think about storytelling, not just when I think about it in the context of a brand, but every project, like what is my narrative for anything that I'm doing, any campaign, you know, I've re- you'll laugh at this since you bring up Avatar <laughs> when, you know, Avatar took four years, right? Yeah. And in, in the marketing world, the marketing team isn't thinking about the, the, a movie four years out, they're thinking about it, at, you know, six months out. I, on the other hand, because I have to work with brands that have long lead times, I have to think about it four years out because there are brands like that, like CPG brands that take two years to, you know, put something on a, on a package. And so I asked, I remember this so distinctly, I asked the, uh, the head of creative at the studio, how w- would he define Avatar? And he said to me, it's Titanic in space. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. 
it's so not Titanic in space. Uh, so I, at that moment, I was like, okay, I really have to think about the narrative long. Like, how am I going to frame this up in, in a way that, that is, that it illustrates what a unique movie and technology and experience this was going to be. And Titanic in space was not going to be it. <laughs> <laughs> that that wasn't going to uh, land a, a, a branded product on the shelves at Target no, and Walmart, I don't think, right? I don't think Coke Zero would have partnered with us if I told them that they were that this was Titanic in space. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, I love that you talk about this storytelling because when I took a look at your bio, I thought, wow, this is one of the most unique bios I've ever seen because, and, and everyone go ahead and take a look at the show notes, but you really start out with uh, with an iconic quote from Liam Neeson's character in Taken. So so tell me about that because you're really telling your story in, in a unique way in your bio. Yeah, so <laughs> it's really funny because I'm not one of those people that quotes movie lines, but somehow I've managed to like extract these like, key lines that have really resonated with me. And by the way, not from like, you know, Oscar winning <laughs> movies, <laughs> but somehow they've really resonated with, with my story and with who I am. And, and uh, it, you know, so yes, I have a certain set of skills, very different from Liam Neeson's character, but I, I sort of, I, I, I identify with a lot of that. And so it helps me sort of illustrate and also perhaps it makes it a little bit more accessible when you can kind of connect people's uh, uh, your story with with something that is you know culturally connected so i i i i think we're all short on time we all live in the in the universe of like 280 characters and blurbs so how do you again back to storytelling how do you convey your your personality your value, your story, your your skill set in the most sort of digestible way possible. Now, my bio is long, relatively speaking, but if you just read that first line, you kind of you, yeah. you immediately get a sense, you get a yeah. feel, you get a tone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, it really kind of talks to packing that suitcase with an arsenal of skills that you've you've shared with us. What is your favorite brand? So not necessarily a brand that you love as a marketer, but what brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? Oh, my God. Okay, so and this is probably a little bit obscure, but one of my favorite, favorite e-commerce sites is Matches Fashion. Oh, I don't know I, about that. Tell me about it. Oh my it. God. Money back guarantee for me, not from them. <laughs> they, and, and, and the reason why is because it, you feel like you're getting a present every time something arrives from them. So Matches Fashion is a British based, uh, um, e-commerce site that aggregates all these amazing high end designers and that you can find relatively discounted and the the assortment is amazing and when when it comes to you it comes in this beautiful box and it's and it's wrapped so beautifully and it tells you the person that wrapped the 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 gift or the see i call it a gift the person that wrapped the box the it feels so personal it feels so such a 
I know what I ordered, but I'm unwrapping something. And it, so the, the experience, you actually have an experience with it. Um, and, and I, I just, I think that it is, it is a brand to me that it's all the things that I love. That's, that is experiential. It's immediate in that I get it in two days. Um, and, and it's, and it's Lux. It's yeah. Lux. I Ooh, love it. I love that. I love Lux. <laughs> now, Rita, if you were a car, what type of car would you be? You know what? I'd probably be a Volvo, like a Ooh. mom car. Like I'd yeah. be dependable. I'd have like sleek lines and I'm, I'm current. I'm modern, but I'm, I'm, I'm dependable and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, uh, I have value for the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. A mom car. A mom and, car, no. And finally, Rita, tell me, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? So, you know, this, I I, I, I really highly, I, I want to, you know, talk about pay it forward. I would highly recommend that listeners think about their careers in terms of the suitcase analogy that my mentor, uh, Lisa Licht, you know, imparted onto me. Because I, I, I think that people tend to make decisions about their careers from a place of um, from a financial need, which, you know, you can't discount that. But they also think about these decisions come to them also in terms of titles. And those don't have the same kind of impact um, in, in terms of your career longevity and your ability to to transition and pivot. So look at the look at the suitcase analogy as a way to think about what are you going to get out of this new job or or this opportunity that you otherwise wouldn't have had and how can you parlay that into the next thing so when you have sort of a long view um i think you'd make smarter decisions about your career trajectory and your and your and your path and presumably you have again with the with the you know aviation analogies you have a longer runway and I, I truly believe that that has been that that has been the the you know the secret sauce to my career. Yeah. Well, Rita Drucker, thank you so much for joining us. Fight on. Uh, I'll see Fight you at on! the next USC <laughs> game when it's safe to to go out in in big crowns. It's been so lovely talking to you. Oh my God, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, and we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. And we're back. What an amazing conversation with Rita. You know, I love that she said she was scrappy and authentic, but most importantly, I think you could hear her infectious enthusiasm and passion come through. I love it when people talk about their words, but more importantly, we can see and hear how those show up in every single day interactions. You know, one of the things that I really loved Rita talk about was that whole notion of, of collecting skills in that suitcase. 
case because you know that I always talk about that intersection of your skills, your passions, and what the organization or the marketplace needs. Now, Rita really reminded me that when you look at that bucket of your talents, skills, and abilities, that is a bucket. More importantly, it's a suitcase that is constantly growing because the great thing is we don't lose knowledge. We don't lose skills. We can always build and grow on them, and you can always collect more. Now, I love that Rita talked about always being on the lookout for what am I going to gain out of this role that's going to help me in the future? And that's what I want you to start thinking about because we're in a whole different world. In a post-COVID world, all of the rules have been broken. There are all sorts of needs that are out there. And I want you to start thinking about what are those key knowledge, skills, and talents you have that can solve for today's problems in your industry, in your organization, or or in your marketplace. And more importantly, be on the lookout that now is a perfect time to acquire new skills that you can put into that suitcase. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure that you go ahead and hit that follow button on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you can get a new show every single Tuesday. Of course, I'd love your feedback. So go ahead and rate the show and leave us some comments. And if you want to follow me on social media, check me out. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I share a whole ton of content on LinkedIn. Now, most importantly, I want you to remember in your career, don't be that boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand just like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.